Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, August 21st. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study, or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every weekend reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Kitetzi, and it means, When You Go Out. Deuteronomy 22, 1-15 If you see your fellow's ox or sheep gone astray, do not ignore it. You must take it back to your fellow. If your fellow does not live near you, or you do not know who he is, you shall bring it home, and it shall remain with you until your fellow claims it. Then you shall give it back to him. You shall do the same with his donkey. You shall do the same with his garment. And so too shall you do with anything that your fellow loses and you find. You must not remain indifferent. If you see your fellow's donkey or ox fallen on the road, do not ignore it. You must help him raise it. A woman must not put on a man's apparel, nor shall a man wear women's clothing. For whoever does these things is abhorrent to Hashem, your God. If along the road you chance upon a bird's nest, 
in any tree or on the ground, with fledglings or eggs, and the mother sitting over the fledglings or on the eggs, do not take the mother together with her young. Let the mother go, and take only the young, in order that you may fare well and have a long life. When you build a new house, you shall make a parapet for your roof, so that you do not bring blood guilt on your house if anyone should fall from it. You shall not sow your vineyard with a second kind of seed, else the crop from the seed you have sown and the yield of the vineyard may not be used. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear cloth combining wool and linen. You shall make tassels on the four corners of the garments with which you cover yourself. A man marries a woman and cohabits with her. Then he takes an aversion to her, and makes up charges against her, and defames her, saying, I married this woman, but when I approached her, I found that she was not a virgin. In such a case, the girl's father and mother shall produce the evidence of the girl's virginity before the elders of the town at the gate. Job 1.1-3.26 There was a man in the land of Uz named Job. That man was blameless and upright. He feared Hashem and shunned evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions were seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred donkeys, and a very large household. That man was wealthier than anyone in the east. It was the custom of his sons to hold feasts, each on his set day in his own home. They would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a round of feast days was over, Job would send word to them to sanctify themselves, and rising early in the morning he would make burnt offerings, one for each of them. For Job thought, Perhaps my children have sinned and blasphemed Hashem in their thoughts. This is what Job always used to do. One day the divine beings presented themselves before Hashem, and the adversary Hasatan came along with them. Hashem said to the adversary, Satan, Where have you been? Then Hasatan answered Hashem, I have been roaming all over the earth. Hashem said to the adversary, Have you noticed my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears Hashem and shuns evil. The adversary answered Hashem, Does Job not have good reason to fear Hashem? Why, it is you who have fenced him round about, him and his household and all that he has. You have blessed his efforts so that his possessions spread out in the land. But lay your hand upon all that he has, and he will surely blaspheme you to your face. Hashem replied to the adversary, See, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on him. The adversary departed from the presence of Hashem. One day, as his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys were grazing alongside them, when the Sabaeans attacked them and carried them off and put the boys to the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. This one was still speaking when another came and said, Hashem's fire fell from heaven, took hold of the sheep and the boys, and burned them up. 
I alone have escaped to tell you. This one was still speaking when another came and said, A Chaldean formation of three columns made a raid on the camels and carried them off and put the boys to the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. This one was still speaking when another came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, when suddenly a mighty wind came from the wilderness. It struck the four corners of the house so that it collapsed upon the young people and they died. I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, cut off his hair, and threw himself on the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. Hashem has given, and Hashem has taken away. Blessed be the name of Hashem. For all that, Job did not sin, nor did he cast reproach on Hashem. One day the divine beings presented themselves before Hashem. The adversary, Satan, came along with them to present himself before Hashem. Hashem said to the adversary, Where have you been? The adversary answered Hashem, I have been roaming all over the earth. Hashem said to the adversary, Have you noticed my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears Hashem and shuns evil. He still keeps his integrity, so you have incited me against him to destroy him for no good reason. The adversary answered Hashem, skin for skin. All that a man has he will give up for his life. But lay a hand on his bones and his flesh, and he will surely blaspheme you to your face. So Hashem said to the adversary, See, he is in your power. Only spare his life. The adversary departed from the presence of Hashem and inflicted a severe inflammation on Job from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. He took a potsherd to scratch himself as he sat in ashes. His wife said to him, You still keep your integrity. Blaspheme Hashem and die. But he said to her, You talk as any shameless woman might talk. Should we accept only good from Hashem and not accept evil? For all that, Job said, Nothing sinful. When Job's three friends heard about all these calamities that had befallen him, each came from his home. Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namanthite. They met together to go and console and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could not recognize him, and they broke into loud weeping. Each one tore his robe and threw dust into the air onto his head. They sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. None spoke a word to him, for they saw how very great was his suffering. Afterward, Job began to speak and cursed the day of his birth. And Job spoke up and said, Perish the day on which I was born, and the night that it was announced a male has been conceived. May that day be darkness. May Hashem above have no concern for it. May light not shine on it. May darkness and deep gloom reclaim it. May a pall lie over it. May what blackens the day terrify it. May obscurity carry off that night. May it not be counted among the days of the year. May it not appear in any of its months. 
May that night be desolate. May no sound of joy be heard in it. May those who cast spells upon the day curse it, those prepared to disable Leviathan. May its twilight stars remain dark. May it hope for light and have none. May it not see the glimmerings of the dawn, because it did not block my mother's womb and hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth, expire as I came forth from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me or breasts for me to suck? For now would I be lying in repose, asleep and at rest, with the world's kings and counselors who rebuild ruins for themselves, or with nobles who possess gold and who fill their houses with silver. Or why was I not like a buried stillbirth, like babies who never saw the light? There the wicked cease from troubling, there rest from those whose strength is spent. Prisoners are wholly at ease. They do not hear the taskmaster's voice. Small and great alike are there, and the slave is free of his master. Why does he give light to the sufferer, and life to the bitter in spirit, to those who wait for death, but it does not come? Who search for it more than for treasure, who rejoice to exultation and are glad to reach the grave, to the man who has lost his way, whom Hashem has hedged about. My groaning serves as my bread, my roaring pours forth as water, for what I feared has overtaken me, what I dreaded has come upon me. I had no repose, no quiet, no rest, and trouble came. First Corinthians 14, 1 to 27. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, and exhortation, and comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that you all spoke with tongues, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine? And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaks a barbarian, and he that speaks shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so you, for for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel 
to the edifying of the church. Therefore let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when you shall bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say Amen at your giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you say? For you verily give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Psalm 37, 12-29 The wicked plot against the just, and gnashes upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow, to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borrows and pays not again, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have seen young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves judgment, and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Proverbs 21, 25 and 26 The desire of the slothful kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all the day long, but the righteous gives and spares not. I want to speak to you today from our reading from the book of Job, and we've just started this book, and I want to share with you the introduction to the book from the Israel Bible. Job is a complex work. It poses the difficult and well-known questions of the day. Why do bad things happen to good people? Job begins with a narrative about an extremely righteous person named Job who is to be tormented by Hashem. But why is he to be afflicted? What is the reason for his suffering? The answer to these questions remain uncertain. Chapter 1 describes a wager that God made with the adversary, known in Hebrew as Satan. 
a spiritual being who is given the divinely assigned task of trying to cause people to stumble spiritually. Hashem insists that Job would remain true and loyal, even if horribly tormented and knowing that he deserves no punishment. What follows is a description of how all of Job's children die and all of his property is lost. Job accepts this devastating news with equanimity. Then Satan afflicts Job with horrible disease, but stops short of taking his life, as instructed by Hashem. At this point, Job can no longer cope. He begins to question God's justice, though he never questions God's existence or even his power. Job's friends come to reassure him, but their way of attempting to comfort him is by insisting that Hashem's justice is absolute and that he must therefore deserve his terrible suffering. Throughout this surprising conversation, Job gets more upset and continuously protests his innocence of the suggested wrongdoings. Eventually, Hashem appears and reprimands Job for doubting him and the friends for sinning against him, and then Job's formerly happy life is restored. Throughout the course of the book, Job is meant to learn humility and to understand that it is not his place to evaluate or question God. By accepting his suffering, Job becomes a better person. As the commentary in the Israel Bible demonstrates, sometimes it is those who Hashem loves most that he causes to suffer, because by doing so he makes them stronger. Whether or not we can pinpoint a reason for Job's suffering, one thing is clear by the end of the book. We must always remember that there is a divine ruler who controls the world with ultimate wisdom and a perfect sense of justice. Though we may not be able to understand his reasons for running the world as he does, we must put our trust in him alone and believe that everything he does is for the best. There is a debate among the sages of the Talmud regarding the period during which Job lived. A number of opinions are recorded differing from one another by many generations. There is even one opinion that says he did not live at all, and that the story of his suffering is a parable, meant to serve as a model for dealing with suffering and understanding why it occurs. It has also been suggested that the focus of the book is not general, universal human suffering, but the specific suffering of the Jewish people. Indeed, Job's homeland, the land of Uts, is understood by many as another name for the land of Israel. The Jewish people have suffered considerably over the ages. Throughout history, they have lost everything, from their families to their possessions, their homes, and even their homeland. They have been afflicted physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But like Job, they have been promised that the light of the Jewish nation will never be extinguished. Also like Job, they have at times remained strong and at times have questioned, but through it all, they have clung to their belief in the Creator. Though we might never be able to fully understand and answer the question of why the children of Israel had to suffer throughout history as much as they did, Job reminds us that we must always trust in Hashem. We believe that Israel's suffering is ultimately for the good, and we must have the confidence that ultimately the nation of Israel will be fully restored to its former glory, safe and secure in Eretz Israel. So I want to add a little bit to that commentary. 
regarding Job and all the sufferings that he goes through. And there are things that we can do in our life to grant a permission slip to the enemy to afflict us. And usually this permission slip that we do is some kind of a sin. And when we sin in a certain area, that grants the permission slip for the enemy, Hasatan, to afflict us. And then when we repent of the sin, we cancel that permission slip, and then we can evict the enemy out of our life, out of our soul, out of our circumstances. So what I want to point out to you is in Job chapter 3, verse 25, Job says these words, For what I have feared has overtaken me, what I dreaded has come upon me. And earlier on in that chapter, it said that every day he would make um, a sacrifice on behalf of his children, just in case they sinned, to cover all the bases. So I would submit to you that Job granted a permission slip for the enemy to attack him through the spirit of fear. He was afraid. What I feared has overtaken me. That granted the permission slip for the enemy to attack him. Of course, we also get a peek behind the curtain of what was going on in the heavenlies. And Hasatan had to get permission from the Most High, from El Elyon, from the God of Israel, to afflict Job. Satan had to have God's permission, and God granted it. But Job also granted this permission slip by opening the door and allowing the spirit of fear to come in. And when the spirit of fear came in to the soul, into his soul, then that that opened the door for all these afflictions. So how do we cancel the permission slip? Here's the application to our life. If I've granted a permission slip to the enemy to afflict me in some way, how do I get rid of it? Once I discern, oh, this is a spirit of anger or unforgiveness or fear or whatever it might be. You pray a prayer of repentance to cancel the permission slip. And the prayer goes something like this. Heavenly Father, dear Yeshua, I repent, I renounce, and I reject the spirit of fear. I repent of it, I renounce it, and I reject the spirit of fear. Satan. This permission slip is now canceled. You must flee in the name of Yeshua. You're evicted. You may no longer have residence within my soul. You're evicted. I close the door to the spirit of fear, and I now seal it in the blood of Yeshua, the Messiah. Holy Spirit, please come now and heal my heart and reveal to me your truth. And then pause, be silent, be still, listen. And the Holy Spirit will speak. He may whisper a personal word to you. He may bring a scripture to your mind. He may give you a vision or a word picture. But he will communicate with you. So this is how we do spiritual house cleaning. So sometimes unclean spirits can get in and they can wreak all kinds of havoc and destruction and we have to do some repenting to get rid of it. 
Okay, that's all I have for today. We shall continue in the book of Job tomorrow, and have a blessed day. Shalom. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.